This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. and welcome to another episode of Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Super excited to have you guys with us. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to encourage you to go over and hit that subscribe button so you can listen to us every time we have a new podcast come out. So typically these podcasts are all about digital agency owners, how they started, grew, and uh, grew their business over the years. But since this crazy COVID crisis has hit, we've kind of changed gears a little bit and uh, doing things that are regarding the uh, COVID crisis and how people are adjusting to all of that with their businesses. So today I've got my good friend Richard Matthews with us with Push Button Podcast to tell us about how his agency has actually grown <laughs> since all of the crazy uh, craziness has hit. So hey Richard. Hello, how are you doing today? Glad to be here. <laughs> Yes, it's um, nice I actually went all out today. I put on a nice shirt and I combed my hair and everything in the midst of the crisis, which is like the first time I've done that. So I love I'm it. Well, I'm good right now. to see another human being that's not in my house. So <laughs> good to see you. So I know that you've been talking recently with Ben. Well, actually, let's back up. Let's back up. Tell me about Push Button Podcast and what that does and where your agency was before all the crisis hit. So let's start in the beginning. Yeah, so Push Button Podcast is a, a new branch of our business where we are serving the podcast community. Generally speaking, we're looking at a subset of that community, um, people who have a business that they are driving um, their revenue through, and they're using podcasts as a way to build authority or build fame in their space and then use that podcast to hopefully drive sales of their main business, right? So that would be separate, of course, from the podcasters who are running a podcast as a business in and of itself. Um, so we serve that community. Um, and what we do is we actually handle all of their podcasting except the actual content creation. So you guys actually are one of our clients. So we actually do handle all the editing um, and the distribution and the creation of content for this podcast and distribute it out for everything. Um, and we've, uh, we do that um, for a number of clients now and we're actually starting to open that up and take on new clients in that space. Um, but what's been happening is the rest of our agency for the last six or seven years has all been focused on helping entrepreneurs build um, their online brands, build their courses, build their webinars and sales things. And one of the things that I always struggled with is like, you guys should get out and build an audience. Um, and a lot of people are like, that's too hard. It's a lot of work. So the push button podcast service sort of came out of that. Um, yeah. So we've been transitioning a lot of our clients into helping them, you know, get to that space. And now we're still in the process of like, we're taking on new clients for um, the helping them build their brand. And then when I get to a certain point, they're like, okay, I'm ready to actually start building the audience. And we're transitioning them into push button podcast clients because um, that's a service that we can do long term whereas like setting up their brand and setting up their products is sort of like a one time we got it all up we got your course ready we got your webinars ready we got everything done and the service sort of ends so that's a limited contract um, but once we get into like building a long term like hey we want to get in a long term relationship and build something where we're helping you every single week and you mm -hmm. grow your business um, that's where push button podcast is taking over there and that's sort of where our business is now um, and it's taken me a while to sort of figure out how everything fit together with our businesses but that's where we're landing I love it. And I, as a user of Push Button Podcast, I cannot advocate for it enough. So let me give you a little plug here, you guys. I do this podcast, I record this interview, and then I don't touch it again. Richard's team takes over and 
edits the podcast, gets them up on all the uh, all the networks, and then goes out there and pushes everything to our um, onto our social platforms. So he makes it super, super, super easy. So uh, thank you for that. I am very thankful for the service because that frees up so much of our time. <laughs> so Absolutely. tell me. Tell me a little bit about how business was going before the crazy, stupid, I'm, I'm going to continue to call it the stupid COVID crisis because I feel like it is stupid. It's totally, it totally is a stupid COVID crisis. <laughs> I agree with you on that. Business was going well. Um, we were sort of on an upward trajectory and we're pushing the push button podcast up. We had just taken on a new client there. Um, and I was working on trying to figure out how my main, like helping brands build their stuff sort of fit into it. Um, and I was almost to where we, were, we are now, um, but I had a couple of clients that once the COVID crisis happened, they were on the sort of the brand side and we were getting some stuff done and getting them taken, um, you know, getting things going up and the crisis hit. Um, and two of those clients um, had to cancel their contracts with us, right? Um, and that's not of any fault of ours or theirs, or it's just, you know, the situation is what it is. And they're like, hey, we have to focus our resources here um, mm -hmm. in order to deal with the crisis. So. Um, we lost two contracts for that. And for an agency like ours, that's not that big. And we serve a couple of clients at a high level. Um, mm -hmm. Losing two contracts is a big deal. Um, yeah. So I had um, already started to get a couple of questions from my workers who are a little bit worried. Like, you know, are, how are we going to survive? Is this going to be good for us? Are we still going to be able to grow? All right. And in the first couple of weeks, it didn't happen. But once we get like four or five weeks into the crisis and, you know, everyone's under quarantine and they can't go grocery shopping and all this stuff is happening, you start to get those like, you know, worried messages in our, in, we communicate on Slack, right? On, yeah. on Slack. Um, and, you know, as, as a newly founded CEO with team members, I'm like, I don't know how to deal with this yet. Um, but that's sort of where, where it started at the beginning of the crisis. Yeah, because that's true. You've had an agency for several years, but this is the first year you've actually brought in uh, workers. So this was a whole new hurdle for you that uh, is kind of, you're used to taking care of you and, and your family and, and worrying about that, but now you've got a whole different aspect to worry about. So how'd that yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. So it was, it's really, it's actually, um, it's kind of, it's kind of bittersweet, right? So like 2018, I had no, I had no staff. It was just me. Um, 2019, by the end of the year, I had three, right? I had three staff members other than myself. So there was four families that were being fed off of the work that we were doing, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of those things that was really cool to me is um, I, we just did our taxes for April. Um, and, um, I, you know, you have to t total everything up. Um, and I, I, have, I have a bit of a photographic memory, not like totally photographic, but I remember like how much I paid in taxes for, you know, like since I started paying taxes. Um, and, uh, why would you want to remember that? <laughs> I, I just, I can't, I can't not remember it. So random tidbit about Richard. I used to get in trouble in high school because all of my friends, like I just paid attention to like the outfits and stuff that they wore. And if they ever wore a top with like pants that they didn't have worn before, I'd be like, Oh, that's a cool new combination for your outfits. And so I'd be like, are you stalking me? I'm like, no, I just like, I know everything that you've ever worn together because it's just, it's in my head. I can't unknow it. So, Keep that uh, in mind next time I see you, Richard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I actually, I conducted some social experiments on that at one point too, with, uh, with whether or not people noticed clothing. Um, and I actually wore the same outfit to meetings for, with specific people for like six months in a row to see if they ever noticed whether or not you changed outfits. Mm -hmm. Nobody does. So I'm like really weird on that. Um, <laughs> which I totally own. But anyways, Are all I, of those people men, because if that's the case, I could see that being, yes, if it's women, that that's research is all wrong. 
it was, I was working for a, a corporation at the time and about half the people were men and half the people were women. So it was about 50, 50 split. Um, but it was, it was a larger organization, right? There was a hundred people. Um, and I was on the C-level executive team. And when I met with different people, I always wore a specific outfit for a specific person. Um, when I went to go meet them just to see if anyone ever noticed, I did it for like six months because I was curious if people noticed. And once I realized nobody noticed, then I was like, I don't have to care. So I only have seven shirts in my wardrobe right now. They all fit in one bag, little tiny thing. Yeah. So. Well, that so back to the <laughs> photographic memory. Yeah, so so I did my, my taxes for 2000, and I mean, we, right on April 15th. We got them all submitted and whatnot. Um, and my, uh, my number, the amount of money we paid to employees this year was uh -huh. twice that of what I actually made um, in entirety my first year of marriage to my wife 11 years ago, um, which was a really big win for me, right? Um, it's not, a very big win. Yeah, so like I actually, I paid more to employees this year than I made in my first year of marriage. Um, so I was like, that's a cool place to be in. Um, but it also means that we have, we have families that are, are um, you know, relying on that income to continue mm -hmm. happening. So that was where I was at in the business. I was like, we lost a couple of clients and um, I, I have been in the mode of like, how do we use what's going on to grow, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, as the great uh, Warren Buffett says, buy when there's blood in the streets. Right, um, and that's the, uh, the, the, the idea essentially is that when everyone else is afraid and not taking action, that's when the best opportunities are available. Um, so very true. So that's what I've been working on over the past couple of weeks is finding just different ways to interact with people, right? We've got a couple of, uh, couple of things that um, we've got going really well for our business. One that we have, we have great relationships with our existing clients. Mm -hmm. um, so I just put out some feelers to see if there's any interest in, in new business um, and got a couple of referrals back um, and I actually had one of the referrals was and this is actually a, a, a cool point for people who are looking to grow in a scarcity economy mm -hmm. um, and which is sort of what we're living in um, I had a referral come in and um, and he reached out to me and he was like hey we've got a problem with our website um, which is not in our typical wheelhouse of, of like our main services that we offer. They're like, we have a problem with our website. Um, we're having this particular problem with an e-commerce thing. And we're like, we've spent like six months trying to figure this out. We can't get our product launched because of this one problem. And we spent a lot of money with a lot of people to get it. And I was like, I can solve that in like an hour for them. Um, <laughs> so so I, I messaged him I was, um, and we talked for a little while. We got on the phone and he told me what this problem was. And I was like, yeah, just send me over the details and I'll get it fixed for you. Um, and so that afternoon before, like we even finished with the day, right. Um, I just, I went into his stuff, fixed it all up and sent it all back to him. Um, and he was like, he was like, holy hell, like it's done. <laughs> and they went to the next day. They're like able to launch their product and they've made like 12, they've, they've made several thousand dollars already in recurring sales, um, from the stuff that we, uh, we did. And he messaged me back. He's like, what do I owe you for that? And I was like, I was like the, uh, Honestly, the first one's on the house kind of thing. It's just, I want to prove to you that I do good work, that our team can do good work. And I was like, I've told you what it is that we offer. If you're mm -hmm. interested in more things, let me know. Um, right. And I just left it at that. Um, and he messaged me back later that day. And he was like, like, where do I sign kind of thing? He's like, cause he's like, you, you, you obviously know what you're doing and you can help our team with all these things. Um, and because of that, we did the same thing. He actually had, um, he had a referral right, right away. He's like, I've got another person who's like, I'm working with um, as a consultant. And he's mm -hmm. like, everyone else that I've referred them to has failed them. Um, so can I refer them to you? And close the second contract with that. Um, so two contracts in like 48 hours um, to grow that. Um, and then separately, 
we had another one that was that had come in um, from actually from our, our mastermind that we do on the Black Lover Mastermind. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our good friend Liana, who you may have heard on this podcast before, mm-hmm. um, sent over a message to me. She was like, "Hey, you know, this guy over here has is looking for a you know a specific stuff that I think would fall in your wheelhouse because you guys do all the editing for podcasts and everything." They were looking for some specific video editing services um, and wanted to uh, turn that into something um, that they could just get done on a regular basis. And yeah. so I messaged him and I was like, hey, this isn't something we do yet, but I could see it fitting really nicely into our uh, our existing processes. Um, you know, if you'll send me a script for what you want, I'll see what we can get back. Yeah. Um, and he was like, sure, cool. And he sent me over a script. Um, and then we we actually made five different videos for him based on that script, hired the talent, did all the things. Um, and made five videos for him, right? It cost it cost me probably about 40 hours in labor from my staff, um, and then uh, maybe 150 bucks or so in materials and stuff that we purchased to get it, get all the assets in place, and then we returned it back to them. Um, and they were like, this is freaking phenomenal. Um, how much do we owe you for them? And I was like, I was like, first ones are free. If you guys want to turn it into a regular thing, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I was like, I don't have the processes for this in place, but it's something that if you guys want to experiment with me, which I'm sure you're familiar with that, I do that regularly whenever I want to launch a new service. Um, I'll take a client on and be like, Hey, here's what, what, if you guys want to experiment with me and make sure, let me build my, bang my processes out with you guys. Um, we can go forward with that. And so we learned a whole bunch through the first little, uh, little process, um, on mm-hmm. like, you know, what kind of assets we need to get from them. Um, and how the service would work and what the costs would be and actually talked a little bit back and forth with them about how much they'd be willing to spend for something like that and what kind of turnaround times they would really like to see. Um, and we sort of nailed that all into the systems and processes for it yeah. um, and turned that into a contract with them. Um, and the other thing that's cool about that is uh, these guys are super, super big. Um, and I'm not going to say their name at this point because I haven't got the permission to, but they're like yeah. really, really big in the uh, advertising space and they were like literally every one of our students would use this service because we tell them to get this stuff done all the time and nobody can get it done she was like if this will work over the next couple of months with you if you can build up the systems for it we can we can send you a ton of business we were using this time where everyone's sort of in crisis and doing things that a lot of businesses are who are operating out of fear saying i have to make money now saying how can i flip that script how can i say let me do something unexpected and and different Mm-hmm. that really shows that we can we can deliver for someone so that when they come back and they're like, I actually need to get this done in my business, they're not questioning, can this person do it? Are they going to be able to return results? You know, any of the things that stop someone from saying yes, mm-hmm. we've just removed all of those because we've delivered ahead of time, right? Um, yes. And it's, it's a, um, I'm willing to take money that we would, you know, put into our groceries right now um, and put it into the business because it's turning around really quickly into business. Um, yeah. And um, I'm not suggesting everyone just go out and do that. But if you have a strategic plan, that's like, hey, you know, if you know you can deliver and you know you can get really good results for someone and you know the person that you're talking to is going to be a good fit client. Um, and some of that comes from experience. I know from talking to some of these people really quick that, yeah, this would be a good client. We'd be a good fit. We mesh well together. From just a first conversation um but then you can take some risks like that where you're like i'm willing to put in some labor hours and some money hours to prove to them that we're excellent at what we do yes. um and turn that around so awesome. anyways so, that's sort of how we've been how we've been doing that i love that so let's back up just a little bit because all of that sparked off of a referral so when you were sending out emails or however you were asking your current clients about referrals how did that email look what did you write in those 
Um, so it wasn't even emails. It was just um, just messages with oh, okay. with people. Um, you know, like you know, hey, we're you know, I lost a couple of clients during the COVID. If you know anyone who needs you know who needs uh, our services, right? Because we work with you. If you know anyone, send them our way. Something simple like that. And it's really over like Facebook Messenger or Skype or whatever we're chatting on with our our main work stuff. Um, and uh, um, and that's how how those referrals happened, right? Because I keep I keep the communication stuff open with uh, all of our clients. We talk to them all the time. Um, so, real so how many of those did you send out? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, we keep. I keep maybe six or maybe six or seven little messages to uh, different people. Yeah, that's not very many. That's incredible. That is yeah. incredible. So you've lost two, but you gained three. So are you now ahead of where you actually were before all the crisis happened? <laughs> we are. By far, I'm sure <laughs> with that last one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so that last one, um, I'm not even sure what that's going to turn into financially, but it could be because, um, like, I don't know what their volume is going to look like. Um, but they were like, they're like, at a minimum, we want to do like five of these a month, but probably more than that. Um, so it might be a really big contract for us. Um, and so I've actually already, um, based on some feedback from our mastermind members, I was like, hey, I, I need to um, be on the lookout for some more video talent because if we're going to get like, I want to be prepared before the volume happens, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, so we're, we're looking, we're looking forward into growth stages, you know, which is kind of an interesting thing to be doing in the midst of a crisis where everyone's talking about starvation and being unemployed. So that's pretty good place to be. So how did the employees feel after um, all of this, uh, all of this went down? Well, well, let's back up to a little bit. How did your communication happen with the employees? How did you talk to them about, you know, don't worry about this. We're going to go through this. Everything's going to be fine. Like, how did that, how did that sound? Yeah, so so it's been it's been a little interesting and hopefully you know they'll probably watch this episode as they go through things so so hopefully I don't uh, do this injustice but um, <laughs> I've been trying to communicate well I'm not sure how good a job I'm doing they'll probably give me feedback after they listen to this um, but but you know we had the first couple of weeks it was like trying to figure out how we were gonna get it done um, we were actually delayed on our payroll by like three days right yeah. on this uh this last one and i let them know ahead of time um i was like hey we're probably going to be delayed but hopefully we'll be fine everything should be coming in we managed to get it in got payroll in and they were all very gracious about that which is super cool to me um yeah. but the uh um, and i kept them on up, up to date like on like hey here's the the referrals we're working here's where the things we're looking to get done you know we've got this project got the next project um and you know sort of encouraging them that hey their work is is really good for what we're doing mm -hmm. um and I got a couple of worried messages, like, you know, are we going to make it through this? Are we going to be fine? Um, you know, I really like working for you. I don't want to have to try and find something else, that kind of stuff, which is, those are cool messages to get. Um, and once we sort of nailed all these contracts down, and then I sort of let them know, like, okay, here's where we're at now, and here's what we're looking at in the future. And let them know, like, hey, you know, the videos that we got produced for these guys, they really love, and this is where that business is and what they're looking to, you know, refer to us in the future. Um, they were like, you know, I got started getting messages back. Like, um, one of my, uh, my staff members was like, I feel like you're fighting for us, right? Like you're fighting for, for to keep us around. Um, and I was like, I am right. Like that's mm -hmm. part of what we're doing, um, which is cool, um, to, to have them see that. Um, but also just to, to, you know, realize that like the people that you have on your team, like they're the reason why we can do it, right? Like mm -hmm. why, like, cause I know that I, I, the reason we can deliver is because they're back there. Right yep. for, for I can sell because they can deliver, 
Um, and so since that's where I'm at in the business right now, I'm the, I'm the face of the business and the one who's doing the selling. That's mm -hmm. what I, you know, I just I had to pour on the gas and, you know, <laughs> go to work. Yeah. Um, and, and they saw that, right. They're, they're like, as soon as we have a drop down in business, they're like, I see you go to work, um, to make sure that we have a business coming in. So that's, um, really positive response. Um, and I think overall, I think it's probably gonna end up making the team a, a tighter, tighter, uh, tighter team for that. So anyways, I that's guarantee where it's at. You that you've got a tighter team for that. I guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> so what does the future look like for push button podcast and for Richard Matthews in general? So right now, um, we are, um, I'm in the process of like, we've got our whole systems in place. We're ready to go. I have to finish getting our sales letters done and like our affiliate pages done and some of those things, um, which have sort of gotten put on the back burner in terms of like, let's make sure we get some of this other stuff done and yeah. some of these contracts closed and delivered. Um, so a lot of that's on me. I just need to get some of those things done. Um, and I've got, um, so I need to get that done so we can actually like start promoting yeah. um, for that. So that's next stage, finish some of the sales stuff, start promoting. Um, and then we're putting the uh, finishing touches of, on that uh, video service, which is a secondary service that probably won't be nearly as public, um, but it fits really well into a specific uh, um, audience that we have a lot of access to. So we'll probably build a back end for that as well. Um, and just, uh, um, you know, take business as it comes there. But my, uh, my goal still hasn't changed much. I know if you guys were at the, uh, um, you were at the mastermind with us in, in whenever it was, I don't even remember. January. Um, is, yeah, is oh, my, my goal is. Unless you're talking October, about Nashville. Nashville is November. Yeah, Nashville. <laughs> Yeah, November, right, uh, is I'm, I'm trying to hit um, a certain income goal um, this mm -hmm. year with our push button podcast. Um, and then I am looking to transition some of the revenue from the business into commercial real estate um, so that we're having, a, um, having some income come in from uh, that as well. And I'm um, working with some people and going through some education and just sort of back burner learning kind of thing that like, hey, I know we're going to hit these goals with our business. Um, and I've been very selfishly, um, bringing on cool guests on my podcast that are in spaces that I want to learn things about. I'm glad um, you talk... said that because I was like, we haven't talked about your actual podcast yet. Why have we not mentioned this? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I've been bringing on some, uh, some people like I, I actually, during the COVID crisis, um, uh, you know, a lot of podcasts are changing what they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. and I actually felt that for our podcast, um, because of what we're doing, we're telling positive stories that we didn't need to change that. We just increased our volume. Mm -hmm. um, so we went from publishing once a week to publishing twice a week and getting more stories out because there's more people at home listening and they need more positive stories. So I know you guys have changed your content a little bit to the, like, you know, because of your audience and what you're dealing yeah. with. Um, but, you know, I was like, our audience just wants more. Yeah. So, um, so we, we put our, our team to work more. We got more. We're doing two episodes a week now. Um, and I put it out to a lot of my own friends and people that I was like, I just want to get some of you on because I want to pick your brains really, um, and, uh, get them onto the podcast. Um, and, oh man, got, I've gotten to talk to some really cool people over the last couple of weeks and just getting, you know, getting to ask questions like, you know, when you get to a certain point in your business, you know, and you want to diversify your income, but you don't want to dilute your focus. How do you do that? Right. Yeah. And getting to, you know, hear some of those things. Cause that's where like, I'm, I'm looking to be at that point in my business this mm -hmm. year. So, um, I am sort of lining things up from an educational standpoint, using my own assets like our podcast to, you know, hack learning some of that stuff from people who I respect. Yeah. Well, the one thing you didn't say is the name of the podcast, so throw it out there. Oh, yeah. The uh, <laughs> podcast is The Hero Show, 
right? And we bring, uh, we bring um, entrepreneurs on from all over, all walks of life, everything from, you know, startups to, uh, to people who have been in business for a long time and are doing, you know, 10, you know, 10 and 12 figures of, uh, of business and stuff, which is really cool. Um, and the whole purpose is that uh, culturally, we've always taught, we're always taught that entrepreneurs are the villains. Um, and like, even with the, uh, the, like the TV shows that my children watch, it's always, you know, the, the, the problem is always like, you know, the entrepreneur is out there building something and pouring oil into the water and killing all the ducks and like, let's save the world from the entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, and I've always hated that um, because it's not true. One, I mean, there's, there's, there's some entrepreneurs who are doing bad things, but it's a small portion. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the entrepreneurs in the world are looking at how do we make a, the world a better place and solve problems for people. Um, and so I think entrepreneurs are heroes and hence that's what the show is, is we bring entrepreneurs on and show them their own story through the uh, lens of a comic book superhero. I like it. I like it. So the one question it always leaves me wondering is there one, one characteristic that all entrepreneurs have that you just like, every time you interview somebody, you're like, they, they fit within this certain thing or is they, are they all crazy different? So I've, I've, I'm actually, I'm working on the outline of a book for that because I, we've done a hundred episodes now um, and you start to see similarities in the questions uh-huh. you ask and how people answer them. So there are similarities in a lot of things, um, but one of the ones that stuck out really, really big to me, and I'm not sure this is because it's, it's super practical. Entrepreneurs, almost every single one of them that I've talked to, they live and die by their calendar, right? Like, like they're, they schedule their days, they schedule mm-hmm. the time that they're like, everything from like, I, I'm working from this time to this time. And you know, this time to this time is dinner with my family. And this time is when we're going to go out. It's all on their calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I was crazy in that because like my, my parents tell me I'm crazy for that. I'm I, like, they're like, you know, are, are you gonna be able to come over for dinner? And I'll be like, right, let me check my calendar. Right. <laughs> um, and they're like, what do you mean check your calendar? I'm like, like literally everything is in my calendar. If it's not in my calendar, it doesn't exist. Um, and, and they're like, they're like, oh, you know, I can't believe you, uh, you know, all of you young people hear technology. I'm like, it's not a technology thing. It could be a paper calendar or whatever. Like, I have I a just, paper one. <laughs> like, it's, it's on, if it's not on the calendar, it's not getting done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we do use some of the technology to make that easier. Right. So like I have my personal work calendar and my wife has a calendar and we have like a family calendar. I'm like, if you want me to be there for it, you mark it on the family calendar because it'll block off my calendar. So I won't be able to book appointments on it. Um, nice. and, and so that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, that's incredibly common. Like probably 95% of the people that we've interviewed have said their calendar is a huge part of, of their business. And that really surprised me. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in sort of fleshing that out a little bit and seeing if, you know, if that's something that you can sort of hack and learn how to get yeah. good at using your calendar and managing your calendar. Well, it's the one thing that you can't get back or produce more of is time. I mean, there's only yeah. a limited amount, so you got to use what you've got and that's all you get. So. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of like um, analogous to that is how common it is for people to make the transition from feeling like you have to do a huge volume of work to learning how to restrict the amount of time you spend working, which increases the quality of the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that transition, like I've talked to people in all, all the different sort of like spaces and everyone follows this thing where they like, where they get into entrepreneurship and they're like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just work until my fingers bleed. Right. And I've been there. I'm sure you've been there, mm-hmm. right. Where you're just going to work 25 hours a day, um, and wonder why you're not like how you're living. Right. And I've been there. Like I actually tried once to see if I could go without sleep. Um, I made it three days before I was puking in the bushes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it doesn't doesn't work that way. Um, no. And so what I found is that um, creativity is unleashed when you give it limits, mm -hmm. right? Um, so when you limit creativity, that's when it comes alive. Mm -hmm. um, and so the same thing happens with work when you realize that like, hey, what I'm going to do, and that's why you see things like, you know, only let your health self have three to six to do's per day and then work mm -hmm. on those things, right? Or, you know, limit yourself to four hours a day or whatever it is. If you add limits, um, one of the limits that like we added was we started traveling. Right. And then we're in cool places and being in cool places means that like, I don't want to spend all day working. So I got things to do, stuff to see, restaurants to try, right. Waterfalls to slide off with my kids, like that kind of stuff. Um, and so when you learn to, when you learn to give yourself limits, artificial or real for the amount of time that you work, you learn to increase the quality of your work and therefore the output that you have. Um, and so like I've confirmed with so many entrepreneurs now that once you make that shift, most of them can get a significantly larger, better quality of work and grow their businesses on four hours a day or three tasks a day rather than just working all day. So that's another really common thread. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, Richard, I have enjoyed catching up with you. I always enjoy catching up with you, but I also love hearing how the business has uh, adapted and changed and grown since all this craziness has happened. So thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can keep that going. But yes. You know. <laughs> we, we're, we are dealing with force majeure here. So, you know, maybe next week it'll all change and everyone will be sick and whatnot. But, uh, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed that we can continue growing our business and going that way. But hopefully, even if more bad things happen, we'll be able to shift and pivot and continue to provide value to people. Yep. That's all it's all about. Just pivot, pivoting and shifting and changing as things uh, change in our world. So thank you guys for watching and we'll see you again next week. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.